In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Christ is among us. My beloved spiritual son, priest, Andrew. Today, the angels of God rejoice, not because over the repentance of a single sinner, but because the deep humility of heart, with reverent fear and piety, and with singular love, you have entered the great and most sacred ranks of the holy priesthood of this church. The angels indeed rejoice that another among the sons of men has passed beyond the innermost veil into the Holy of Holies, whereas the Prince of the Apostles, Peter says, these celestial powers themselves desire to peer. The six-winged seraphim and the many-eyed cherubim rejoice as yet another voice is raised to preach the good tidings of the gospel. They stand by us today as around the emerald and rainbow throne, as we read in the book of Revelation, to witness the holy anaphora, the holy consecration of the divine liturgy as mere human hands, hands graced by our Lord Jesus Christ with the grace that runs down. Listen to the psalm, Psalm 132. Like the oil of myrrh upon the head, which ran down upon the beard, upon the beard of Aaron, which ran down to even unto the hem of his garment, like the dew of Ermon, which comes down upon the mountains of Zion. The psalm, which is indeed the very prayer you shall say every time you place the priestly stole with the seven crosses on it, the holy epitrachil around your neck, and concludes as follows, for the Lord commanded the blessing, life for evermore. And this is what you have received this day, Father Andrew, the ultimate blessing of the holy priesthood, which leads to eternal life. Today is the great auspicious day for you, your family, and for your church. For you, because you have proved to be a most faithful son, an excellent homilist, one who preaches and knows how to preach. Your years of service as deacon have been without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. They have been blameless years, years filled with devotion, patience, endurance, and always a gracious willingness. Your elevation this day to the rank of priest is not a reward for these years of ministry. No, your elevation and ordination this day is a fulfillment of the promise that you have always shown and a promise that you have made within your heart. Now, the Holy Church has even greater responsibilities for you to shoulder. And although I, as your Metropolitan, will miss your presence, both liturgical as, as deacon and now as priest, and filial as a devoted son in Christ, you have been on all our journeys of faith. I am heartened by the fact that the church whom we all serve will have gained a superb minister of the gospel, a good preacher, and faithful steward of the mysteries of Christ. 
It is an auspicious day for your family because now a new chapter opens in the life of your family, especially for your wife and for those who are part of you. You are now charged with the good order and the care of a wider family of God, the parish someday. And this ministry has many moments that are shared by both of you. You are to be exemplars to the community, leading through your examples of faith, hope, and love, leading a sacramental life, and indeed through the sacrament of your marriage and your own priesthood. Phil will find a deeper meaning as you exercise your priestly service within the context of the general family of God. And this is the very reason that today is an auspicious day for the church. For once again, another brother rises off his knees, stands to raise up spiritual children for the divine spouse of the elder brother, Jesus Christ, who has died and is risen from the dead. St. Gregory the Great, in his wondrous treatise, Pastoral Care, speaks of the clergy as being brothers foreshadowed in the Levite marriage of Holy Testament. Under the Mosaic law, if a brother died with no issue, his own brother had to raise up children unto his name. You may remember how the Sadducees tried to entrap our Lord by inventing a woman who was supposedly married to seven brothers in succession that each one died. But as the Lord said then, they missed the point. Those Sadducees knew neither the scriptures nor the power of God, as Christ says in the Gospel of St. Matthew. But thanks be to God through the intercessions of the saints such as Greg the Great, we know both. Father Andrew, today you have become a brother to Christ in a most special way. And your people, and these people, and these faithful have witnessed the mystery of the divine priesthood coming down upon you. His divine sponsor, his bride, the Holy Church is being entrusted to you. Our Lord and Savior called many people during his earthly ministry, but after his passion, death, burial, and resurrection, he called none. Search the scriptures and you will see none who was new was called after the resurrection, although he did call his disciples anew and commanded them to go before him to Galilee. Hear what the Gospel of St. Matthew records as its very last words. Everyone listen. And the 11 disciples went forth into Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but they hesitated. And Jesus drew near to them and spoke to them saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep and observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am each and every day with you until the end of the age. Amen. Father Andrew, today the Lord has called you in this place, this honorable church, this spiritual mountain of your very own spiritual Galilee, this place of your beginnings, where the Lord calls you with his compassion, filled voice, he says to you, follow me, feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, 
Father Andrew, the reason our Lord Jesus called no others after his glorious resurrection is because he was waiting for you. As we all felt, as all of us priests feel, when, Lord, will I be a priest? And it, do, and it does come to us. Just as he waits for all of us who surround his holy altar, that's how you were. He was waiting for you to answer his call to become his disciple. He was waiting for you to pledge yourself and your life to the service of his divine bride, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. He is waiting for you to raise up spiritual children unto himself, those who will be called by his name, the name of Christian. He is waiting for you to commence your ministry as he himself commanded. Listen. Go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and Holy Spirit, teaching them to keep and observe everything that I have commanded you. Therefore, I, as your shepherd, who unworthily stands in the place of Christ, your bishop and metropolitan, I solemnly charge you with only one word, go, go. Make disciples of those entrusted to your care by the example of your love, your faith, your hope and eternity. Let nothing deter you from raising up spiritual children to Christ, our true God. Give them spiritual birth through baptism in the name of the Holy Cut, substantial, life-giving, and undivided Trinity. Nourish them through the teachings of our Master and Lord. Present them, these spiritual children, to Christ as newly planted olive leaves around his holy table. And never be deterred from their mission. Hear what the Apostle Paul commends to you and be an imitator of him. Remember how he built up the Church of Christ. He was glad to be last, even the lowest, though he was an apostle. He was willing to become a fool for Christ, that others might be sensible and wise in Christ. He became weak, that others might become strong. Sometimes you will have to hear dishonor, and others might be esteemed in great repute. He was hungry, and he was thirsty, destitute, vulnerable, tossed to and fro, wandering from place to place. He toiled, and you will toil. He strained, and you will be strained. He worked with his own hands, as you will also work with your hands. When insulted and reviled, he blessed. When persecuted, we are steadfast, even exalted. When blasphemed, we give encouragement and exhortation. In the essence of that moment, St. Paul claims, we have become like the sacrificial remnants, the debris, the ditches of our purification rites of the world, right up to this moment, the off-scourging of everyone's scapegoat. What a moment of truth, what a voice of conviction. For the apostle knew that only with such patience, long-suffering, love, tenderness, and compassion the same kind that led our Lord to Golgotha, this was then, that is for us today, the only way to become, as the Apostle says, a father, a father to you by Christ Jesus. I am not writing these things to shame you, but to admonish you as if you were my own beloved children. Indeed, you may have countless instructors in Christ, 
but not many fathers. Truly I have become a father to you by Christ Jesus. Thus did St. Paul, and thus you, Father Andrew, will fulfill not only the foreshadowing of the Mosaic law, but you will fulfill the light and glory of Christ himself as you raise up unto his holy and blessed name spiritual children, Christians called by the name of the Savior. May the Lord himself strengthen you for this ministry. May he give you the fortitude, patience, grace, and love to accomplish his divine will in your priesthood. Now listen to the last words of Paul to Timothy. Therefore, man of God, pursue righteousness, true religion, faith, hope, and love, and patience and meekness. Fight the good fight for the faith. Take hold of eternal life, to which you were not only called, but to which you made a good confession. I charge you before the God who gives life to all things, and before Jesus Christ, who bore witness with the good confession in front of Pontius Pilate, that you preserve this commandment without fault, above reproach, until appearing, the epiphany of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father. And now, Father Andrew, guard secretly the sacred deposit of the faith, as was given to St. Timothy. To the glory of our God, who is worshipped in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Some of you might think that this has been very long, but it isn't. It isn't. When you ordained the bishop, they wait to three and a half hours or more, and no one moves because they are captured by the ceremony and the words that are given. And today, we have witnessed the beauty and the majesty of our church, the beauty and the majesty of, of, of a young man becoming a priest, surrendering himself and becoming a priest of the Holy Church. This we, this we enjoy in every moment. And I hope, Father, that when, as you wear these priestly vestments and you wear the cross of Christ on your neck, that you will not be afraid to proclaim the church and Christianity and not afraid to protect the flock that you are, you are responsible for. That is your people of the church. May the Lord give you his blessings and his help. Now you must say something because you're, you're enlightening the, the spirit now. So you have to say something. Yeah, the, the bishop in his, in his homily mentioned something about fulfillment. And as I was going through the whole ceremony, this theme kept going over and over and over again. And it was a theme that led me to the priesthood in the first place. In the Bible, it says that we should pray for harvesters for the flock. And, and I started praying that. And a few months later, I lost half my job. And it still never occurred to me until after a while through the summer, I finally prayed and God sent me here. So that's the main reason why I, I've become priest. The other reason, though, is our bishop. And people say this a lot. They say something like, oh, oh, Bishop Nicholas, pray for us. Or through the prayers of my bishop, this has happened. But 
I know this. I know the bishop has prayed for me every day or every week, constantly. I know he has. And I firmly believe that his prayers have brought me to, a, to the right preparation to become a priest on this day. Not a month ago, not a month later, but at the, right this time. So I, I appreciate that. That's another reason why I've become a priest. And the third reason is two things from the church, which is all of you here, and that is your prayers and your encouragement. Last night in preparation for being a priest, I had to read this book from St. John Chrysostom. It was written 1,700 years ago, and he wrote a book on the priesthood, and he listed all the things that a priest has to go through, good and bad. And so it's a book that everyone should read, but we deacons and priests will read this, and it is very instructional. A lot of the things that the priests need to be ready for and need to do and need to deal with. And so your prayers and encouragement are exceptionally important for every seminarian going through and even after they become a priest. So there's those three things, those three things, the, the Lord God, our bishop, and the church that I, that I would like to thank. And thank you all for being here today.